Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. I am your host, Tyler Kusinoki, bringing you the unfiltered truth about applying to college in the 21st century. As always, I'd like to take a quick second to let everyone know that my DMs are open, although they may be a little bit slow right now, given this time of year. My favorite part about doing this podcast is hearing from you. How are you? It is down to the wire here. We've got about 10 days before early submission. So to all the seniors, please stay calm. Please stay focused. You got this, but I hope everything is going well. I would love to hear from you. Please send me your questions, concerns, feedback, episode ideas, whatever it may be. At the end of the day, this podcast is a community first forum for achieving better college outcomes. My inbox is open at Tyler at theacceptedpodcast.com. That is Tyler at theacceptedpodcast.com. Today, we are going to be continuing a little bit of our what is true, what is not, and how to play the college game. And we're going to focus on demonstrated interest a little bit. But before we get to that, just wanted to quickly remind everybody that we do run a lot of events. One of those events is coming up about a month from now on November 19th. It will be from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Japan Standard Time. And it is going to focus a little bit on the state of the SAT, the state of standardized testing. So we will be taking a deep dive into the SAT, into the ACT, into even some of the English proficiency tests and, and where we stand right before the U.S. really goes fully into the digital SAT this coming March. So we'll be taking a look at that, looking at what that means and how all of that stuff impacts college admissions. So please do sign up for that. You can do so at tokyoacademics.com slash events. That is tokyoacademics.com slash events. All right, let's dive in today. I think that one of the biggest things that one of the biggest questions that always comes through uh, around, and there's a lot of black box uncertainty around this one, is the role of demonstrated interest. So when I was going to college uh, or when I was applying for college, one of the things that would always come up is this idea of demonstrated interest that if they send you an email and email was still somewhat relatively new when I was applying for college. So I would check my hotmail inbox and try to see what I had. But there was this idea of, hey, you should at least open, you should visit, you should reach out any opportunity to show that you are engaged. Because if we, what we've talked about before in terms of this idea of yield, right, it's going to be very important for for colleges wanted to know basically that you were interested in them so that when they had to decide whether or not to send you an admissions officer, there were certain things they could weigh, right? They could open up a file and basically see, okay, these are all the touch points that they've had with us. So Johnny has emailed us three times. He has uh, come to visit. He sat down for an alumni interview and da, 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 right? So it was just this basic collection just to say that, okay, because we're good, we can assume that Johnny's going to be applying to multiple schools. If he were to get into multiple schools, what is the likelihood that he is going to say yes to us? So demonstrated need traditionally has been this metric that has had some influence on uh, college's yield algorithm, right? And so just to remind everyone, yield is this kind of inside baseball thing where it's based, it's just this statistic that assesses if you were if we were to send a particular student an acceptance offer how likely are they to actually come back and decide to choose to go to us as, a, as opposed to choosing to go anywhere else. And it is something that colleges use to determine the effect, the effectiveness of their admissions process, right? So if I send out a thousand acceptances and 600 say yes, then I have a 60% yield. And so one of the ways that they tried to predict that yield was from this term of demonstrated interest. 
And obviously, since the time when I was applying to college, things have become even more complex. The way to track your engagement has become much more nuanced. It's not just about how many emails did they send us and did they visit us and did they sign up for our newsletter, right? When I've talked to different schools who use different tracking software, right, they can track things down to not just whether or not you open their emails, but how long you spent on their emails, right? Did you click on any other links? Was there, what was the degree of engagement that you had with them? How many times have you been on their website? Like there's all of this other different stuff that you can track. And so for all of you students who see emails come in from colleges that you're maybe considering and you just straight send it to spam or you delete it, mm, just be careful, right? They're tracking all of this stuff. Now, don't worry if you've already deleted all these emails though, because by and large, most schools, while they will say that they do, that demonstrated interest sometimes is a factor, it's not going to be the main deciding factor. So as I've mentioned previously, the common data set is a very good place to go because common data set has a category that literally tells you how much do we consider the interest of the applicant, the demonstrated interest of the applicant. And so what does this all mean, right? Because there are a lot of schools or there is a lot of, rumor is not quite the right word, but there is a belief that demonstrated interest is crucial, that you have to go visit, that you have to meet with an admissions officer, that you have to do all this other sort of stuff. And that if there is a particular school that you want to go to, it is going to be best for you to go to those specific summer camps, right? If I want to get into Brown, I should go to Brown pre-college. If I want to get into UCLA, I should attend the UCLA Institute, Summer Institute. And there are all of these kind of rumors and ideas going around about how important demonstrated interest is, how you need to make sure you go about doing it, and all of these things. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about this idea and what is worth you spending your time on and what isn't. You don't need to live in Japan to experience our world-class tutoring and mentorship. At Tokyo Academics, we support thousands of students in over 10 countries, helping them prepare for the SAT, ACT, AP exams, IB, and more. Graduating from top universities like Stanford, Yale, Brown, and UC Berkeley, our tutors will guide you on the path to academic success. Your first step on that path is just a click away. Visit www.tokyoacademics.com and complete our contact form to claim your free trial and get started. We will assess your goals and pair you with a world-class tutor to make you a better college applicant. That's www.tokyoacademics.com. Let's turn your dreams into reality, one lesson at a time. Now, again, all of this stuff will be None of this stuff is going to be the Bible for this, right? Every school is different. Every school processes it differently. And even among schools that do do think that demonstrated interest is important, the category, there's only four categories on the common data set, right? It's like not considered, considered, like important, very important, right? It's like only four categories. So there's a whole range of nuance that can happen within that, that I, I won't, I will not be able to account for here. But 
What I will say is that demonstrated interest is always good to do for your schools, regardless of whether or not they say they don't consider demonstrated interest, because at the end of the day, they are schools are ultimately going to be leaning on some of their yield algorithms. They are going to be leaning on a lot of different factors to determine whether or not you are going to decide to accept once you're given an offer. And I would say that this is true for any school outside of the very, very top, right? The top 20, top 25. Part of the reason that they don't need to consider demonstrated interest is because their list of applicants goes out the door and they are usually a student's top choice. So these very, very top schools, the Ivies, right? Your Duke, your Northwestern, right? They are in a luxury position, and to some extent, even a school like NYU, they're in a luxury position of where they will probably be the top choice of most candidates. And so they do not need to worry about demonstrated interest because if they, if Harvard sends you an offer, you're likely going to accept. But the other reason they don't want to mention that they care about demonstrated interest is because if they do say they care about demonstrated interest, imagine how full their inbox is going to be, right? It's going to be a ton of students trying to send them emails with inane questions that they probably could have found on the website just to, in theory, demonstrate their interest and show that they are willing to engage. So a big part of deciding to like be like, no, we literally don't consider it, and I would tend to believe them, it's a lot of administrative load if you are a top, top, top university and you are telling people that one of the factors that will maybe will influence your ability to get in is how much you show you are interacting with us, right? So of course, right, at the very top level, they're going to say, please don't and genuinely don't. And I would believe that they genuinely do not consider it. However, where demonstrated interest starts to matter, right, is everything below that, right? Everything outside of the very top schools is where some of that is going to start to matter, right? Where you're going to want to show that you are interested just because for a lot of these schools that are maybe one step below or a couple steps below the top 20, top 25, top 30 is they are now fighting for you. Stanford doesn't need to fight for you in most cases. Stanford is not in a position where they're like, we need to compete with everyone else to get these top, 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 top candidates. They are in a position of luxury where they can pick, right? But even a school that's a little bit further down, like a school like Tufts, right? Now you are, the field of competition is wider, right? The strengths of your academy and including name recognition, all of those other different things, the strengths of your academy or your institution are more comparable to a wider range of schools, right? And so there are a greater number of schools that students who are applying to you will likely also be applying for and will likely also be good candidates to get into, which means that come end of regular decision, come time, they will be making decisions most likely amongst a good number of schools, right? And so for those schools, right, schools that are a little bit lower, right, it, my decision on whether or not to send you a an offer the is going to depend a little bit more on all these little small things that seem to suggest that if you are going to, if we give you an acceptance, you are likely to accept, right? And one of those things is demonstrated interest because it is um, this 
evidence of engagement that seems that your interest is genuine and that you really want to come here. Right? So if I am Tufts or if I am Boston College or if I am right a school like Drexel, right, then I'm going to say like, hey, um, it, part the student's very qualified, right? Academically is there, right? But if the student is very qualified for us, they're also likely very qualified for other schools, right? Do we send them an offer of acceptance knowing that they may likely say yes to other schools and that in turn is going to hurt our yield percentage? I don't want to send out to a, a, an acceptance letter to a student who has a low chance of accepting, right? So what can we use to decide whether or not a student has a low chance of accepting? Some of that is going to be demonstrated interest. So just to say that once you get beyond the very, very tip top, right, demonstrated interest is going to start to enter into the equation a little bit more. And therefore, if there are schools that you are really thinking about that you want to go to, it is worth spending that time opening the emails, reaching out and engaging, going on a campus tour, all of those different sort of things. And the small things don't require, a whole, well, other than the campus tour part, because that's travel, it's all these other pieces. But in general, the those are going to be the times where the small little things are going to matter. So that's one side. That's just like the straight up uh, as a factor of admissions, understanding how yield works, right? which will probably be the focus of a whole entire episode is that can be how demonstrated interest works. So that's one side of things. The other side of demonstrated interest, and this is uh, important to consider, are schools that have developed essentially what are feeder programs. And so this is where my previous comment about summer starts to come into play. And one of the most, I guess, well-known examples of this is Yale Young Global Scholars. So Yale Young Global Scholars, RSI is another one run through MIT. I'll talk about that a little bit later, but Yale Young Global Scholars is a summer program. It is a very competitive summer program and students can choose from a wide range of different broad category areas to study. And they will go and they will study and have a great overall summer experiences from students with all over the world, right? It's very intellectually engaging, all of that sort of stuff. But it is also a bit of a feeder, right? It is a program that if you go, right, there are benefits to that. Because A, you need to be of a caliber to go, but once you are there, right, you will, there, the ability to qualify to begin with, given how competitive it is, and the fact that it is kind of designed much more closely tied to Yale than other programs like Brown uh, Pre-College or like the Columbia Pre-College, right? Yale Young Global Scholars is much more closely tied to the administration. A lot of the summer pre-college programs are run by, are, are a separate branch, right? And they're run and often taught by faculty who are not faculty at the university, et cetera. But a program like Yale Young Global Scholars is much more closely tied directly to the institution. And so students who qualify, students who get in, right? They are already kind of signed and sealed as of a certain caliber, right? And so when you are submitting and applying to Yale and you see that they have attended YYGS, there is a boost that is there. Now, there's no, obviously it's not a guarantee of entry, but there is a boost in how you are received by 
Yale because there is this understanding that if you are willing to commit an entire summer of the the most important years of your high like of high school, right? You're willing to commit to come to us, then you should be pretty interested in us, right? So that is that is potentially one component and an example of this. Anecdotally, this is this is just from my experience, right? The other thing that I've seen is that students who have attended UCLA or UC Berkeley summer programs have generally also performed quite well when they apply for those particular schools. And so certain summer programs do have this additional weighting, right? Where they use this as proof that because you are committed to spending time, spending a significant amount of your time with us, that that maybe is an indication of your particular interest in us as a learning opportunity and us as a learning institution that you wanted to come to. So that is part of it as well. And which ones those are, I cannot give you a definitive list, unfortunately, but do know that these programs do exist, right? And usually the way to tell that that is true, right? And that there is a greater association or affiliation with the school directly is the rigor of the application process. Is it just, I sign up, I pay money, I maybe answer a couple short questions and then I'm good to go. Then maybe not so much, right? The young, Yale Young Global Scholars, it's a series of essays. You have to get a teacher recommendation. Um, you have to do a bunch of stuff to get in. Same thing with the Wharton's Global Academy, right, over the summer. There are multiple things that need to get done just in order to get in, right? So that can be just the, the amount of barriers to entry can be to some degree used to assess, A, how competitive it is, but also how impactful it will be towards getting into a particular university, right? Uh, MIT's RSI program is another good example of this. RSI, to even apply, you need to have already done research by halfway through your junior year of high school because one of your recommendations should ideally come from a research mentor, a professor who oversaw your research, et cetera, et cetera. So there are all of these different components that you can use to evaluate and kind of give your best guess as to, well, if I were to successfully get into this, this will probably communicate to that school, right? Which is a school that I ultimately want to go to, that I'm interested in them. So a couple things to think about there as far as different variations of what demonstrated interest really can and cannot do for you. And then I would want to end a little bit with this, is that demonstrated interest, right? Seems like it's this thing that you should be using to game, right? Given that, you know, given how it affects everything, it seems like demonstrated interest is this thing that you can be doing to somewhat cynically, right? Engage and be improving your chances of getting in by small percentages. But I think that demonstrated interest should be something that you should be wanting to do for yourself, a, to just better study the colleges and figure out where you actually want to go, right? The process of demonstrating your interest, hopefully, ideally, will involve you also being able to develop an interest in a particular school and in a particular program, right? That is not just about, I want to get on their, get on their checklist board, right? Um, but it is also about you being able to figure out what it is you actually like about a university 
not just for your shopping, right? But also because you're going to have to answer that at some point anyways, when it comes time to talk about the why the school questions, right? So when you imagine how much more helpful it is when you get to the why Yale question to talk about your time at YYGS, to talk about how that was the perfect kind of microcosm of the type of learning that you want to do. And that is how you knew that Yale was your number one. That's so much more compelling if you have actually engaged in the process of developing an interest, maybe not demonstrating an interest, which you will do just by doing this, but by developing an interest and engaging in learning and studying and kind of developing your understanding of a school, you are then equipping yourself to more comfortably do this. Because even the schools that don't explicitly track demonstrated interest, at some point in their application process, they are going to want to see your demonstrated interest. And that will usually be in the form of a supplemental. Right? So this process is not futile. Right? It will always go towards something. But don't make that the only way you go about it, right? So I would still recommend you open up those emails that come through, but don't just do it to do it. Do it to learn. Do it to actually engage a little bit more and to understand a little bit more about how a school is designing their educational experience and whether or not that fits with you. On one hand, great, you're checking off the box in terms of demonstrating your interest, but two, hopefully, you're also developing an interest in the specifics and the nuances and the in the unique things that make a school a school. That's it for today. Um, and we will continue to talk a little bit more about this as things go on. There's all these numbers and figures that are behind the college admissions process. And I love diving into that sort of stuff. So we'll do that a little bit more going forward. But thanks for listening to the Accepted Podcast. Again, my name is Tyler Kusunoki. Hope you enjoyed today's topic on demonstrated interest. Join us next week for more on the complex world of college admissions. If you like what you're hearing and want to support, be sure to leave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your platform of choice. Follow us and hit the bell icon for notifications to stay up to date. We also do regularly host events, both in person and online. So if you're interested in attending free info sessions with myself and real admissions officers, check us out at tokyoacademics.com slash events. That is tokyoacademics.com slash events. That's it for today. And before we get to the tagline, seniors, good, 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 good luck. Next time I talk with all of y'all, it will be like three days away from November 1. I'm wishing you the best of luck. I hope you have all the support that you need and that everything is moving along well for you. Okay, so remember, the key to getting in is A, get your stuff in on time, but also getting ready. Thank you. Thank you.